Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Kaiju Kingdom Podcast. We are your hosts, Jessica. And I am Chris Eaton. Oh, what a sweltering day it is. It is uh, officially the end of summer. Well, as when Jessica and I were coming up, it would be the end of summer. And now a lot of you kids are already back in school, which I don't understand. That's that's insanity. After the, after Labor Day, that's how you do it, Jessica. It is. It is. I remember school used to start September 7th, September mm-hmm. 10th. Now mm-hmm. kids are back in August, and it's, I've seen them go to summer school. I feel I, so I, bad for them. As do I. I my, my little nephews started, you know, kindergarten this year, and they went back on August 13th, and I, they're they're too young to understand. You know, they're like, I, "What's summer? What what is what is this really anyway?" But a part of me does weep for them because you're missing out on the whole, you know, two and a half, almost three full months. Come, you know, you combine the end of June and the beginning of September of uh, of just unadulterated freedom. So, I it's it's been insanity. It's been insanity, and I have decried this for years. I'm like, no, let summer be summer. That being said, it is the end of summer. It is currently <laughs> so the, hot in Los Angeles it, and Orange County. Oh, it is the temperature of the sun out here right now. Uh, to be fair, it was a quite a mild summer, but I, I guess the the bill must be paid at some point during the uh, during the uh, the season. So, yes, as we record this, uh, currently it's I think where you're at, it's like 110. Yeah. Yes, yes, it is. And I just pray that my AC holds up. Uh, It's 104 out here in Orange County, which is insane. It's insane. So, and and I'm by the beach. I'm not too far, but I'm I'm close enough. I get the the nice coastal onshore flow. Usually I wake up every morning with clouds over me because we're we're close enough for the... um, the uh, marine layer but today no the sun is angry and is giving us the finger that is what it is doing so i figured what better way to to commemorate this (laughs) than talk about our our summer vacation if you will this is the this episode is you know we're back in school and the teacher has given us our first homework assignment and it's an essay on what did you do this summer and figured uh it's been a minute since we last sat down to record, and a lot has gone on. So we're just this is gonna be a fun little kickback episode um, today. So ooh, without let's jump right into it. We had two major conventions that returned after a lengthy pause due to a little pandemic that went on. I'm pretty sure most of you are aware. Uh, I I returned to G Fest. Uh, back in July, and then, much like a maniac, I hopped on a plane, and then two days later, drove down to San Diego to join Jessica, who was knee-deep in Comic-Con activities, and there was so much to talk about, and uh, let's, 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 let's go a little bit into that. Um, first things first, G-Fest, which, sadly, because of her uh, Comic-Con priorities. Jessica was unable to make this year, which everyone was asking, where's Jessica? Why is she not here? And my God, is this place so much sadder without her? Oh, yeah. I, I actually had panels there and had planned to go. I was able to mm-hmm. Zoom or StreamYard into one of them. Yes, but you both were. due to 
um, a family emergency, but also, I mean, Comic-Con. I For those who've seen me at G-Fest, I'm both at G-Fest and working at on Comic-Con at night in our mm -hmm. hotel room. Uh, but this year was unfortunate with also a family emergency that had happened. And I was not able to attend, but I was able to stream yard in for the panel that Chris and I have. And I wanted to know, I got to observe what people felt about G-Fest through the powers of Facebook newsfeed and the mm -hmm. beautiful updated photos. But I haven't been able to, that's just how tired and busy we've been to really keep up to see how someone like Chris, you went in person and mm -hmm. how you felt about it there along with the new venue, which looks gorgeous. Very kind of oh. sci-fi futuristic mall, indoor mall, what I imagine for, not a Blade Runner, oh, what is it? Total it's Recall, the, Total Recall oh. type of inside where <laughs> I don't know. I got one that? better. It's it's the off it's the he, corporate headquarters of OCP. That's what that felt like when I walked in there. <laughs> My undying love for RoboCop sees I see everything. I see RoboCop and everything. Um, but no, the yes, that's quite that's you're quite astute. The venue, my God, is that a jump? I know everyone. Look, I I, I we. The two of us have not been going long enough to have the, um, the 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 connection to the Crown Plaza as a lot of longtime G Festers do. That being said, uh, this new venue was leagues better than the Crown Plaza. The only thing it was really missing was a the the social uh, patio. Uh, turns out, by the way, this the the Hyatt that we had. Uh, probably the first major hotel I've ever stayed in that did not have a swimming pool, which bumped me. Oh, a little bit. interesting. Yeah. It's I, I from what I gathered, it is like the main stay for like a lot of pilots and uh, airline crew. Uh, it's also there was I mean, as G Fest was going on there, there were also like two other small trade shows going on. One which started the last day of G Fest, and one that was running. Uh, concurrent to it but there was like you know the, the I, 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 there was a point i was like you know what i'm in a hotel i you know i got the day ahead of me like i had panels lined up it was like you know i got some free time maybe i'll go for a swim i packed to swim and i oh did you did yes, you i did i did i'm like i'm on i'm on a mini vacation why not um and I looked around. I was like, "Where's the pool?" I finally called down to the desk. I'm like, "Hey, what? Where's the pool located?" In the there was like a chuckle from the other end, and uh, the the uh, the, the major D down there was like, "Ah, we we don't we don't have a swimming pool." I'm like, "What?" I'm like, "Yeah, we we just got a gym, and that's about it." Yeah, no no pool. I'm like, "This place is like the size of the Taj Mahal, and yet you guys don't have you couldn't find room." For like a like a just a regular swimming pool, they're like we're Chicago. No one no one's really here long enough to swim. I'm like, all right, fair is fair. That said though, uh, I, I do love an indoor uh, like atrium kind of uh, setting. It reminds me of when I used to stay at uh, the my early days at Comic Con, getting um, the uh, the uh, what is that down the street right there? That's the it's the in Sultan which suites were those? Oh, it's, I'm blank. Was it Embassy Suites? The Embassy was Suites. The Embassy Suites. Yes, is the Embassy Suites. The Embassy Suites has that same indoor um, 
that indoor style of uh, like like the atrium where you just go up in the glass elevator. Uh, of which the glass elevator the first day I arrived wonky. I got stuck in it with um, a few friends for about 15 minutes as this thing was shooting us up and down, like it was uh, it was almost like something out of a cartoon. Like it just kept going up and it's like, hey, where are we at? It's like, no, we're going back down, up and down for 10 whole minutes. Um, the nice thing is it's a big glass open elevator, so you don't get that sense of claustrophobia. But at the same time, I'm like, right, is this some sort of like, is, has this place gained sentiency? And is this a some sort of, uh, of uh, final destination moment? And finally, it just opened up on the fourth floor. I'm like, all right, we're getting out. <laughs> But uh, that said, the staff were extra nice, like an idiot. I went out for um, on my the Thursday that I arrived there. I went out for supplies and I left my room key like an idiot in my Uber. So I pull up with like grocery bags of stuff and my head held low. And I'm like, hi, I just checked in 10 minutes ago or about an hour ago. And I've already lost my key. The guy chuckled. He's like, here, here's another one. Don't, don't worry about it. So. Again, very nice, very lovely people, very accommodating. I want to give them shout outs too because they were extra accommodating in getting our situation in which Jessica and our guest, uh, Darnell, Darnell Ison, could, Ison. Not, yes. could not, could, who could, the, he was supposed to arrive, he was supposed to show up as well with his son, and unfortunately, travel issues arrived. And uh, it, it was almost as if the skies were opening. They're like, no, Chris, you're going solo on this one and you're going to have to make it work. <laughs> it was a test from the universe, Jessica. So, so pretty much, uh, I, yeah, it, it, they were very accommodating with getting proper Wi-Fi uh, set up in the panel room for us to show off all of the wonderful pictures. We'll get to that in a few minutes. But beyond that, I, I cannot recommend this place enough. This, the, the venue change is, is much needed. It's much welcomed. Um, I, uh, they, they even upgraded me to an awesome room. Uh, I got a nice balcony. And I, I got to tell you, just I love a good balcony. I love sitting out at night and just, uh, you know, I enjoy a nice beverage. And I just, and where I was facing, there's that giant park that's behind the crown, like on the other side of the uh, the freeway right there. Mm-hmm. Fireworks every night. It was like watch. It's like standing outside of Disneyland. Did it did it say why it had fireworks every night? Uh, I think they hold like minor league games there. Oh, okay, okay, makes sense, makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It's that whole little. It's that whole weird like setup. It's it's their like outdoor mall and like sporting arena kind of thing. But that was at about like 9, 30, 10. The, the downside is, um, well, look, we'll, get in, I'll, I'll, we'll get into that in a second. Hold on. So the layout's a lot better. You're, um, for the most part, there's still the upstairs, downstairs, you know, of it all, as it seems like that is the MO of Chicago. Um, the main dealer's room, uh, much bigger, much more, a little more elbow room this year. Uh, there was definitely people missing, which, you know, was on par. There was a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of the, uh, regulars, uh, that I've, you know, we've, we've come to, to, to know and love in the last, in, you know, in our travels there definitely weren't there. There was a, a bunch of new dealers and there was, you know, and some of the, some of the, you know, the, the folks, you know, you know, 
getting in and out, not a problem. There was, they were definitely, they definitely felt a little short staffed. Um, getting my badge the first day took, still took almost like 45 minutes to an hour, but that is the MO right now with just about anything. Um, after that, they had the main panel rooms were, which was one is it's, you know, it's the hotel set. It's the super ball room that they break up to three. Uh, we actually had, I was in ball room three with Kevin Durndorf doing a wonderful panel about tokusatsu and pro wrestling of which you can check out on his YouTube page and on, I believe he already put the episode up on his feed. So look up Mazer Patrol uh, and you can hear me just violently talking about pro wrestling. That's the best way I can describe it. Passionately or violently? Uh, a little column A and a little column B. Like uh, there, there was a point I, I kind of hit the, uh, <laughs> I hit the table a little hard that our figures we had propped up fell over. Because oh I was, uh, because I was trying to, um, I was trying to dictate to the people uh, what uh, a brain buster was, and uh, you, you can't really describe it unless you're kind of acting out the moment. So the 14-year-old version of Chris came back out that uh, used to practice with all his friends, like on the living room couch, and trying to lift somebody up and drop them on their head. So there was, and I'm not as petite as I was back then. So we'll just put it that way. But uh, it was a it was a great panel. Uh, may, many many thanks to Kevin for having me on it because um, uh, Kevin's panels are very thorough. My, my I I am astonished by how much that man gets in in the 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 50 minute a lot of time. So he goes through so much, and he and he's very he's efficient. That's what I like. I like efficiency. And uh, I, 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 there was a point I felt bad. I'm like, am I holding this up? And he's like, no, no, we're good. We're good. I'm like, all right, cool. Um, and then uh, our panel was in the main room with all the, the fun uh, figures and models that are set up uh, under the stage, which uh, I was I almost rolled a tear on. I'm like, oh, oh, we're, we're up in the big leagues now here. Um, which the staff, again, very helpful in getting a, a, a great internet connection. So uh, Darnell can show off. A lot of a lot of really cool stuff that uh, that he has uh, created in the name of uh, of work for uh, the MonsterVerse stuff. To the point, people were like, "And I'm just like, can, can can we make these into models?" I'm just like, "Dude, no! Like, a part of this is for you only." Like, but I digress. How did it look on your end? That's the thing we haven't really talked about. How did it look coming from? You were all the way out. You were actually you were in San Diego already, weren't you? Uh, I was in Los Angeles still taking okay, care you're of still family. In LA, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yes, yeah. So, so it, your it looked great. It looked yeah. great, at least with Darnell Isom's. Mm -hmm. uh, we used Streamyard, and we were able to do it where the layout was mostly of the images that he was showing, all the concept yeah. art and design. So that actually had kind of the larger screen. Well, the three of our, well, the two of our heads were a little bit smaller mm -hmm. and he was able to show, you know, unfortunately it's not something that he has the permission yet to put online. However, mm -hmm. for those that were there, they got to see designs of Mothra from Godzilla King of the Monsters, uh, Mecha Godzilla from Godzilla versus Kong, you know, and a lot mm -hmm. of those King Kong versus Godzilla, however people want to say it. <laughs> 
Uh, and so it's easy, right? Because we had another version of that one, a classic yeah. version. So he was able to show kind of what those looked like. And then he had a couple bonus images, uh, Jaegers oh, yeah. and Kaijus from uh, Pacific, Pacific Rim. Rim. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this is why people, if you come to our panel, you're going to see stuff. This is why you go to panels. You go to them to see things that you cannot see any anywhere else. So I've actually had people ask if we're putting that panel up as a podcast. And I just kind of had to look at them like, you, you, you have no idea what's going on because it's a lot of like, okay, so here we go. So this is the Mothra version. This is the Imago. Like, this is, I'm like, you're, it's all visual. There's, there's, I, I did not bother to record them because again, it's something special for those who are there. Um, also, it'd be a very boring episode. You would have no idea what's going on because it's all visually based. And unfortunately, we cannot show any of that stuff outside of the, uh, the panel room. But that right. said, went off without a hitch, which I was very happy about. That's, you know, your greatest fear is a uh, internet hic hiccup and n no hiccup whatsoever. So a, uh, a relief off my chest because <laughs> I spent... 48 hours trying to get that set up. And again, my many thanks to the good people at the Hyatt um, because they were more than accommodating, uh, especially on a weekend as well. Um, the uh, the gentleman in charge that I talked to, he's like, I'm actually on vacation right now, but don't worry, I'm, I'll get you all set up. So uh, I should have wrote his name down, but kudos to everybody there. Um, beyond that, the, the, the downside to this location I'll say this, is that they put everything on lockdown like at like 6 o'clock, where the crowd kind of went like, look, we don't care what you do, just be quiet. And especially in those what I call catacombs down there in the basement area, um, you know, you, they ran the, they would run the uh, video room to like midnight one. And I think that one, that was the only room that was that was left open at least to like 10 o'clock. Everything else just was met. Like the game room shut down at like six o'clock sharp. The, 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 uh, the dealer room was like 5 PM sharp. They were like on them about like, Hey, you're done. Pack it up, move on. Um, which it took a little bite out of everything. Cause one of the fun things about G fest is like, after like the dealer's room closes, there's still stuff you can go kind of about and, you know, see things, sit down in some rooms, listen to some people talk. There's some things going on. I don't know if that can be fixed for next year or if that's just a – that's the MO of the Hyatt, which that's it feels like it. But that was my my only real complaint. Um, beyond that, just it's got to enjoy Chicago. Uh, it's always beautiful. I love Chicago. I, as, a, as a California native, it's always uh, nice to kind of get out once in a while and uh, enjoy – the, the splendors of the rest of this country. And uh, as a man of girth, I do enjoy some good Chicago cuisine. Um, our, uh, our mutual friend Tommy and I uh, made the most of, uh, of uh, the, the location. A lot of pizza, a lot of, uh, a lot of good eats during, during the week. So, but uh, I, I do hope we see a lot more people next year. Uh, it, they're, they're, again, this is the one, the one of the big upsides to, I, I, I'm hesitant to say upside, but there was a positive. Now, I know a lot of people are still iffy about traveling. 
that is that's perfectly fine. So a lot of people kind of you know cited on, uh, uh, aired on the side of caution this year, but that's it. The show was not not empty by any means. There was a lot of people, and it looked like a ton of walk-ups, a lot of families, a lot of little kids, more so than the last show in 2019, which made this Grinch's heart grow three times its, its normal size. Because, again, as a kid, like, Jessica, you and I came up in an era where this stuff was like, oh, it's so niche, it's so small. You were lucky if you found somebody within a 500-mile radius that understood what the hell you were talking about. Now, it was hopping. And it's it's fantastic to hear these kids who are like 7, 8, 9. They're like, I need that Angiris. I need that Gigan. I need that... The, I heard one kid ask a dealer, he's like, do you have a magma figure? And I almost rolled a tear. <laughs> I, I swear to God, I was just like, wait, you, he's like, you know, magma, the dad turned to me. He's like, I don't know what the heck he's talking about, but apparently it's some, and the kid's like, it's from Gorath. Gorath, and he lit, listened, this kid was like nine years old and he just listened to me. And I'm just like, never change, kid. Never change. You, you have the keys to the kingdom. Run with it. Run. Um, but that's was the biggest like upside more to than anything else was just seeing how big the fandom is getting and due in part to the legendary films. I mean, again, like it's for the older fans, it seems to be a little, uh, um, they, they, they seem to divide people, but they're doing their job, Jessica. They're getting, they're getting new fans in there and they're getting kids. It's fun and it's popular and it's hip to talk about Godzilla and Kaiju. Like for the first time ever, like, I'm glad that we're still young enough to enjoy it. Yes. Yes. And it's, and it's so awesome that now we have all the things and items and figures and toys that some of us wish that we had when we were younger, but also a large convention, other people who share the same hobbies. And definitely, I know, to me, social media is a resource, but I know some mm -hmm. people don't use it for the best things. Mm -hmm. However, mm -hmm. I see it. As something neutral and I want to see it to be used for good such as connecting with other people who love Godzilla and Kaiju but also there is G-Fest group pages on Facebook for example and unofficial mm -hmm. ones and people can message each other or comment and say hey how much is this or I'll be there Friday anybody want to meet up and therefore you can be able to find each other or even be like hey I bought an extra one I don't want to return it back to the vendor would anybody else like to buy this from me Oh yeah, and there was a. You would be able to meet up. <laughs> there was some side hustling going on. There was definitely some side hustling going on. I may or may not have side hustled a little bit myself. Uh, I cannot confirm nor deny that. <laughs> but also, it could just be sharing the goods. It very much is. Um, that I mean that that's the thing. Um, you know, the, normally, you know, with the with the with the G Fest groups, there's usually the the Sunday night like get together, and it felt like this year like. So many people missing. Uh, and the fact that there's like no outdoor patio where everyone can just gather and, um, you know, enjoy each other's company without having to be, you know, be quiet. Um, I know some people went over to the, they walked over to the crown and took over the patio out there. I did not join them on those endeavors because I had a 6 a.m. flight. I'm like, I'm, I'm getting too old for this. I'm not going to do that. But that said, um, might have stumbled across something that we might we might be hosting a, a, a Kaiju Kingdom podcast party next year. So we'll be inquiring to some things as we get closer to the show. 
Um, that said, I already have my room booked for next year. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I had a good time. It was nice to get it was it's nice to get out after all these, uh, you know, after the last two years. Uh, this is the first time I've been on a plane since the lockdown. So it was, um, it, yeah, interesting. Everyone traveling is in like a weird, like they're, they're all like skittish cats right now. Uh, just this, you know, you look at them wrong and they're going to just going to hiss at you. But overall, a, a fun show, a great show, um, making the most of, of, of the situation. Um, I really don't have many, I had, you know, other than those few little critiques, I, it, I, this is definitely a positive for the show in general. And uh, I do look forward to seeing a lot of people next year who have already hit me up. They're like, I'm definitely going to be there next year. You know, we'll, we'll say, you know, let's have a drink. I'm like, yep, let's definitely do that. So um, moving on to the big show, the return of the San Diego Comic-Con. This is where Jessica was at. Her power was at her peak here. This is where uh, this is where your this is where your Green Lantern ring is at its full charge after you've said the oath and now you're gonna go kick some butt. Uh, this year, Jessica was actually a part of something huge, and uh, I I've showered kudos on her because this is a big deal. Jessica, what were you doing this year for the San Diego Comic Con? I am one of this year's Eisner judges for the Will Eisner Industry, uh, Comic Industry Awards. So it is often known as the Academy Awards for comic books. And this is, and a, is a very year. big, it's a huge deal. That is a huge deal. So um, you've spent, not giving too much weight, you spent the last, what, six months working on, uh, on this? Without getting very to, yes, yeah. very much preparing yeah. for it, getting yeah. the nominations ready, um, communicating with other judges, spending uh, several weekends down in San Diego, and where the offices are, and reading a lot. Yes, reading a lot. Ballpark. What do you think? How many books do you think you've read in that in that that time frame? I am an ambitious overachiever, so I actually read almost everything on the list. With the exception of certain types of topics, I don't like extreme gore and violence for no reason. Mm -hmm. And we mm -hmm. do have, we have implemented ways that in certain categories or certain books, you know, and, and time is the essence. So if you're not able, if one judge is not able to read that book, you have five other ones who yeah. you would default to mm -hmm. what they think and you would excuse yourself from it. Uh, however, I, I would say, 4,000, 5,000. I read a lot. <laughs> Please repeat that one more time because you got a little crack there. I don't want anybody like misinterpreting. How many books did you read? Like 4,000 to 5,000. Comic books. That's how many books this, this, this woman has read in a six month time. So she can make an accurate and uh, finite judgment call uh, uh, in these industry awards. So, uh, yes, a lot of work was done. Um, so, uh, kudos, uh, many kudos to you, Jessica, because it is, it is well-earned. That is a, that is a prestigious spot to be in. Thank you. Thank you. You know, and I'm also blessed to know that I do keep up with comics every month. So some of it are comics that were read last year, but I obviously try to reread them 
as a mm -hmm. refresher. A lot of it is also web comics and digital and PDF. But also I was trying to, again, go over and I was looking for comics on my own that I felt also hit all the submission requirements because sometimes not every publisher or independent creator knows when the deadline is. So mm -hmm. I was hoping that maybe they would be able to, I could recommend and be like, hey, this one's actually really good to the other judges and kind of see where that goes. Now, I have to ask a little bit. Were you actually, were you surprised by a few of the winners? Mm-hmm. I very much was, especially in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Moto Hajio, she won. She, and I was very, very surprised because we just, judges just nominate. It's actually up to industry, registered industry professionals to do the final winners. So I was really surprised to actually see her win. She is kind of like the mother of Sojo manga. Mm -hmm. And I understand in certain societies, we lean more towards Western. So mm -hmm. I was very, very pleasantly surprised and very happy that she was able to be um, inducted to the Hall of Fame this year. What was what would you say was the uh, the lean on uh, on on let's just say foreign titles this year over domestic? Was there uh, a lot more in, in terms of submissions or in yeah. terms of there is there is a lot more I felt submitted at least from what I compared with previous judges. We also mm -hmm. had primary screeners for certain categories and under international Asia that was one of mine's. And I was able to get everybody to read Kaiju number eight because I felt it was excellent. However, I do understand it's a democratic vote. So if five of mm -hmm. them is like, Jessica, this is not good. This is just personal <laughs> bias. Then obviously, yeah. right, we would have a voting system. But it was Eisner nominated because we, I, everyone was in accordance, for example, under International Materials Asia, International Editions Asia, that Kaiju number eight was Eisner worthy to be nominated. I gotta sit, sit down and start reading that. I got the first books. Look, I'm looking right at it on my stack of stuff right now. And I, I'm woefully behind on many things. Um, that might be a good episode to get down once we, once it gets a little deeper, there is going to be a anime, I believe next year. So from, I believe it's studio Mappa too. So it's uh, it's going to be something to look out for. I mean, it's essentially what it's like attack on Titan, both Kaiju, isn't it? Yes, it is. It is. And it's got a okay. really interesting premise. Oh, okay. I, I, I smell a show topic for uh, for later. I want to shot that down. <laughs> yes. But that said, you, I mean, this is this was your first major show back too, wasn't it? It is. First major in person. Uh, I mm -hmm. did attend WonderCon, DesignerCon, and a few other ones, but they have a certain a maximum number of attendance or a certain amount that tends to come. WonderCon is the sister convention to San Diego Comic-Con. Mm -hmm. However, San Diego was held online for the last couple of years, and this one was the really major big one that came back in person. So how did it feel getting uh, getting back out there? Did, did, did you feel you lost your sea legs? Because I kind of felt that way by day two. I, I, yes, it, I definitely was out of practice being at something that was so large. I actually felt a little bit more tired and it took me longer to recover afterwards. But a part of me also wondered if that's just pandemic weight and weakness 
of not exercising. <laughs> I like how I like how you put on pandemic weight when you are the size of like a like like of, of like a wooden nymph. Like in comparison to me, who someone looks at, it's like who let the giant like troll from the Muppets in here? Like, dude, like <laughs> I, I always find it. I always find it charming. Yeah, <laughs> I mean. It's it's not I, I wore high waisted pants, black high waisted pants to, to hide the house that potato chips built around my stomach. <laughs> but that said, uh, did you know, did it feel good to be back? I know there's I, I know a lot of people, had, you know, were very I mean, I, I look, I I just I was maxed out by day two. I I I was out of there by Friday night myself, um, more so just because finances and just overall fatigue. I mean, literally I was in, I got off a plane in Chicago, from Chicago and then came back down there two days later. It's, I, it, it doesn't sound like a lot, but it's kind of a lot, especially considering how big this show is. Um, uh, I, I yeah. was, I was okay. Like I could, I could tell that there was, I, I enjoyed to be back. Mm. I know that not everybody was ready but definitely mm-hmm. people were missing seeing folks in person because there's just something different. As humans, no matter how much loner or how you are by nature, we are social creatures. Oh, so much. it was definitely nice seeing people again. But I yeah. understand that it's different for everyone. I didn't mind. I loved seeing mm-hmm. people. But I know that others may or may not have felt that they may have just wanted another year online. But it's been, you know... A little bit already so i can tell that there is itching for people for some who want to return i will say this um like i've been going since 1994 like i haven't missed a year and you know outside of the obvious you know two where it wasn't held but um walking that floor friday afternoon through hollywood alley there was a part of me that like i just stopped like I was in between like the Star Wars booth and the Lego booth. Normally that is like the peak traffic jam area. And it was like 4.30 in the afternoon. And I just, I was, you know, I was with my friend and he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I just turned, I like, put your arms out. He's like, what? I'm like, just put your arms out. You, I'm like, appreciate this because yes, there's a lot of people here. But normally, like, it's 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 like a, you know, you're hopping on a train at rush hour and everyone's just squeezing you in normally at, at Comic-Con. But there was there was it was like this is like the right amount. This is the right amount of people for for, for this show. This felt good. It felt like it's a big deal. But you know what? It's not crazy. It didn't. It You know, I don't know if it's just a matter of, you know, a lot of people just didn't bother to show up at the last second. Um, I know that they implemented some last second um, COVID protocols, which I know uh, personally, I, one person's like, ah, I'm, I'm just not coming. So uh, I don't know that kept people away. I don't know what the fact, because I, uh, from what I was told, like not a lot of people returned their badges from the 2019 presale. No, so I was expe- no. I, I was expecting like a big sellout show and it was big. But there was also a point. It was like this feels like 2006 crowds. Like this is manageable. Like part of me is like quietly. Part of me was like, if it could just stay this way, this show would be beautiful. 
like the perfect once more, like just this ray of sunshine of nerdiness. Um, it was also nice of the fact that Warner Brothers, which we'll get into a little bit later, did not have their gigantic yacht of a booth taking up so much, you know, showroom floor that other people finally got to get in there and spread their wings. There was a there was a nice uh, there, there was a nice collection of new and old there, and it felt good walking around again. Especially, I mean, I, we did the uh, the Thanksgiving show. That's what I'm referring to it as. But that show was not a and again, no no offense to Comic Con, and I understand why they were doing it. But that didn't really come off as like a Comic Con show. That felt like a WonderCon light. This was Comic Con. This was like everyone's here. We're back at it. It's it's you know it's great to be back, and it felt like the people who truly wanted to be there were there. I heard no one complaining outside of maybe a few little things, but beyond that, everyone was there to have a good time. Everyone was happy, and it was just it was nice to be around this stuff again. And for me, it, it was is. like yeah, it is. Walk yeah. into the salad halls. I will say this: what made this show this much that much better? Jessica, we had a panel on Friday. Yes, yes, we did. We had a panel on Friday for the Kaiju Kingdom podcast. Why don't you run down who we had on this panel? We had some amazing guests. We mm -hmm. had Hiroshi Kanatani, a mm -hmm. Subaraya official manga artist. We mm -hmm. also had Darnell Isom who mm -hmm. is one of the head senior like concept creature designers, someone we had at G-Fest yes. show yes. us Mothra, Mecha, Godzilla, Jaeger design. You know, he was able to show it to G-Fest and was able to show it here at Comic-Con. In we person, also, actually. In person, in person. Yes. And we also had Dore Cross, who is Ultraman. From Ultraman towards the future. Yes, yes. So we okay. had some amazing and special guests. So let's go through this real quick because this 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 to me was the highlight. This is the unless like my you know like the the roof of my house cracks open and gold doubloons like rain on me because someone had stuffed treasure up there. This was the highlight of my my year thus far. Um, you had a panel that was running up against ours. So uh, Jessica called, uh, we talked the night before and she informed me, she's like, look, I'm a guest on this panel. I've already informed them, like I have to run across, uh, across town because they usually host our panel in the public library, the San Diego Public Library, which is off, off site. So it takes like a good 10, 15 minute jaunt to get over there from the convention center. So uh, Jessica asked me, can you go ahead, make sure that all the guests are set up, ready to go? I should be there right before the show starts. I'm like, of course. So I arrive. I check in with the the, um, the people running the panel. And I inform them, like, here's our guests. We need the – we can get some uh, the placards printed for them. Cool. I uh, – walk over i see hiroshi i'm i say hi you know it's like uh how you going and then in walks dory and he is decked out he's got his mask on but he's wearing almost like a bandana kind of like mask like he's got like the, he looks like a it, the best way to describe it he looks like he's he's been out in the desert um on a dig site 
He looks like Alan Grant. He's 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 got like a scarf over him. Like he's he's dressed very he's dressed very dapperly, but the the headgear he has on looks like he was digging up raptor bones. That's the best way I can describe it. So uh, he you know we you know I say hi, introduce introduce myself. Then you come running in. And you talk to Dory for a second, and I'm staying with Hiroshi. And uh, he's kind of, like, looking over at Dory. And Dory's got his, his whole gear still on. He starts pulling off his hat. And he starts – he takes down the mask and uh, takes off, like, his sunglasses. And you you and him are having a teeny little conversation, and then you run off. And uh, Hiroshi, like, turns to – he's like – I'm like, oh, there's the other guest. And he, he turns – he kind of, like, puts his hand out. And, um, you know, goes to shake his hand. He's like, and Dory's like, oh, hi, Dory. And Hiroshi's looking at him. He's like, almost like, where do I know you from? And I lean in. I'm like, Ultraman. And immediately, Hiroshi's a a grown man. He's a talented artist. But he's a kid at heart of many things. And I saw the, the child in this man pop out once. It took him two seconds. And I, his eyes lit up like a Christmas tree when he realized he was talking with Ultraman Great. He lost his mind. Like, I've never seen anybody, like, again, I, I look, I, I was excited because this, he's my Ultraman. That is my Ultraman. I, I, that Ultraman Towards the Future was the Ultraman I was introduced on. So it took, this was a big deal for me as well. But Hiroshi had no idea. Like, he was almost like, oh, my God, like, I'm sitting next to royalty. And he was like, he was shaking his hand. He's like, Ultraman, great. Oh my God. And to God bless story, because he was like, great to meet you, man. Like it, it, like he was, he was charmed by Hiroshi's just almost childlike wonder at meeting, at meeting this man. So we go up to the stage. We get everything set up. Jessica and I are on the dais. Everyone else is sitting down. And uh, Hiroshi uh, is in the middle. Dory's uh, the closest to us. And then uh, Darnell was at the end, but he forgot his um, he forgot his 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 uh, portable hard drive that had all of his work on it. So he's like, hey, I'll be right back. I got to run in my car. So we had to kill like 15 minutes. So we, we start the panel. We're talking. Dory, uh, we, Dory starts talking first, you know, we have, you know, do our normal panel questions. And I glance over at Hiroshi and he has got his, he's got his hand, he's got his chin resting on his hands. Like he's a small kid listening to like his hero talk. And it was, it is the, it is the most, it's the purest thing I've ever seen. And I, (laughs) Jessica, it wore my heart to no end. No end. Like it was just like he was like, oh my god, like this. He's like this, this. this he's like this day. It's like I'm at Comic Con. That's cool. I'm meeting Ultra. I'm sitting next to Ultraman. Oh my god, like I cannot believe this. So uh, we wrap up the panel. It was a very good panel. Um, we haven't recorded. We'll be putting it up, um, but we have to make some some edits because of course Darnell had uh, stuff that we cannot broadcast so once we have that done we'll have it up but you can see for yourself because i believe our uh, our cinematographer caught hiroshi was just just this childlike glee on his face like it the smile 
never left this man at all during this whole thing. So we get off the stage. We're going to go commune outside. And uh, we're outside talking um, with Darnell. And then uh, you turn to me and like, wait, where's, where's Hiroshi at? It's like, because you had to ask him something. I'm like, oh, I think he's still inside. Let me go back there. Let me go back in and ask him. So he could not wait. He could not wait to get Dory's autograph. So Dory was signing um, an Ultraman thing that he had. And he was signing this, the, like, he, and he gave him this wonderful, like, handwritten note inside of it. And I come up to Hiroshi. I kind of give him a little tap. I'm like, he turns around. And he's like, hey, Jessica is like, needs you. And he looks at me. He's like, please, two minutes. I'm like, I look at him like, I know, man. I know. It's, it's a big deal for me, too. Take your time. Like, it was just, he, he wanted to bask in the moment. I, I'll put a picture up in the, um, in, in the show notes. But you've never, we, we all took, like, a big group picture afterwards. Hiroshi had to have gotten like eight pictures with Dory and the smile on this man's face was just infectious. And it was, I couldn't think it could get any better, but then Hiroshi had to take off and you were busy with something. And I got to sit back and chit chat with Ultraman for almost like a good hour. And there's a point when, you know, where I turn, I'm just thinking internally as I'm having a conversation about wine pairings with with Dory, I'm just like, my God, life is life is awesome. Sometimes this is the, the eight year old me would be screaming like nonstop. Um, you come back into the conversation and Dory's like, you know, I've never been to Comic Con, and I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, I've never. I li-, he's like, he lives in the area. He's like, I've never been to the show. I'm like, really? He's like, yeah. You want to go walk the floor? I'm like, walk the floor with Ultraman? Can this day get any better? And thus we did. And Jessica, this will be this is a this will be one of the most wholesome, like like positively affirming memories that I will take to my grave with me. This was amazing. Like, look, this last last November we got to watch the original Godzilla with TJ. I got to sit down and watch a Godzilla movie with one of the one of the men who is Godzilla. I I'm like, get, life is great sometimes. I got to walk Comic Con, my mecca, my the place I consider holy ground with the man who is my Ultraman. And this was, I'm like, God, this, this is, this is so freaking surreal. And I'm like, this is, it, this doesn't even feel like it's happening, but it's great. And to be, to be fair to Dory, like this is not in his, his wheelbarrow, but he was like more interested in the, in the, like the, the social aspect. He's like, Oh my God, there's just so much. I'm like, yes. Yes, there is. We walked the floor. Everything was was great. And we and he's like, all right, I gotta go. I'm like, thank you, man. Thank you so much. I'm we're I'm hoping we can get him on. I think we've tentatively got something set up. So stay tuned because there's gonna be more. But th- that top five Comic Cons of all time, just for that moment alone, just for that moment alone. And you know what? Who I have to thank for it? I have Jessica to thank for it because she works endlessly getting this stuff set up. You know, I, I, I say it to everybody, I say it to a lot of people we know, but I don't say it enough. Like the woman, this woman works miracles. And I, 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 I always tell her, it's like, I am in debt. If you need me to go like smuggle something out of state for you, like you have my, you, you have my loyalty, you have my loyalty because (laughs) 
some of the awesome stuff we've gotten to do with this show is because of Jessica's hard work. So I wanted to throw some kudos out there because again, I, you can't top that. That's a hard, that's a hard thing to top. Like I was in this, this, this was a little bit of heaven out there. So I'm Thank so you. happy we were, are you welcome? We were all so excited. He was so mm. excited. And so, and he was definitely somebody was one of those talents that just kind of like kept his figure and aged really well. Oh my God. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. when you oh, look at amazing. him, when yeah. you look at him, you're like, he is an actor. Like yes. <laughs> what you see Hollywood would imagine. Oh yeah. Not only that, but like he was telling me this dude is like doing ultra marathons still. No, no, no pun intended, but he's literally, he's literally doing like triathlons. He's like 66 years old now. Doesn't look it. He looks no, he doesn't look a day over 50. And he's telling me, he's like, yeah, you know, I've had a knee replacement, my shoulders and all this other stuff. And I'm just like, and you're still doing this stuff. He's like, oh yeah, you, you got it. I'm like, it's like, I, I'm like, I, Ultraman's kind of shaming. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta really like get my game up, man. Cause dude, he is out there kicking ass. Like there's, there's he, no bones about it. <laughs> he's also uh rock climbing or, or climbing. Or hiking yes. a lot, whatever it was. I think he was going to like climb like El Capitan, like out in um, out like in Yosemite. Like I think he was mentioning, he's like I'm going up up north to go rock climbing. I'm like, what do you not do? He's like, I don't know. There's okay. The one, the stories. Uh, I wish I could repeat some of this stuff, and hopefully we can get him on. He can repeat some something. We can go deep diving. But the stories is Mike. This man is a natural born storyteller too. He is. He, he, the things that he has done, just in not even just being an actor, just like in his normal day, like these are the things that interest me. I'm like, my God, you are a fascinating individual. So nicest guy in the world too. Sweetest human being. Like I cannot, I cannot like uh, hammer that home enough. Like this, this guy is just, he is a, like, he's an amazing man. So um hopefully fingers crossed we we you know we tend to we have something so hopefully we can have something for you guys sooner than later because it's uh it, the, he's got some stories and he's got some some tales especially for this show which does not have like a ton ironically it's one of the two english speaking ultraman shows there's not a ton out there about it which to this day still boggles my mind so i'm hoping to get some stories hopefully hopefully but yes. that's yes. that said, a fantastic Comic Con. Saw our friends uh, uh, down at Super Seven. Shout out to Arian. Um, they had some awesome wares. There was a lot of a uh, lot of cool toys. Um, Super Seven's got some awesome stuff coming, Jessica. I don't know if you saw some of that stuff. Yes, they have amazing stuff. And I also want to say for Ultraman Towards the Future, Ultraman Gray, mm -hmm. it's the 30th anniversary. Yes, yes, it is. That's why, fingers crossed, we get something rolling in the next month. Yeah. Um, but yes, back to Super 7. It was yes. really great. Super 7 is great. They have cool stuff coming out. I eagerly anticipating their Rose Biolante figure, they which they had on display. Um, they have uh, they're doing a uh, an Ultimate Shogun Godzilla. So. If you uh, if you like the little one they put out, they're putting one out in like a nice eight inch that has the shooting fist action, which I'm like all right, that's a that's a must have. Mondo had the thing that what that made my entire show. Like I didn't spend a lot. I didn't think I didn't spend a lot at G Fest. I definitely didn't spend a lot here at Comic Con. 
but I rolled in Thursday morning and uh, our friend Tommy and our friends Tommy and Lenny sent me this photo and I lost my mind. I'm like, what are those? And Lenny said, they're at the Mondo booth. Like, you got to wait till like three o'clock, but they got him. Mondo dropped on everyone. So their their big exclusive was the Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla 2 soundtrack. That's an LP. And then they had a couple of prints. They had the, the, the baby Godzilla print. But the thing they had that I had to have, they had a set of pins, Jessica. Like, I, I don't know why. I've gotten deep into pins for some reason. Um, yes, do it. I'm an enamel pin. I'm a pin collector. So, I got yes. I, I just looked at, like, I got them all in, like, a bag, and I'm just like, my God, this thing's turning into, like, a, it looks like the bindle that, like, a hobo carries, like, at the edge of his stick. Like, that's how many, how many of these pins I got in there. They had three pins that I lost my mind over. There was a Jet Jaguar pin, and then they had, in two different colors, the Godzilla Tower. And I said, shut the front door. I need that. Um, I was told that the general public cannot get into the Mondo booth until 3 p.m. So that Thursday at 3.01, I got in line. Unfortunately, the red variant was sold out, but they had the green one, which I'm a stickler for. If it's what it's if it's based on what it's supposed to be based on, I'll usually take that over any color variant. But I wore these things with such pride. I'm like, these these are amazing. I love them to death. Uh, they were designed by Tom Whalen, who does a lot of Mondo stuff. In fact, uh, you just got a print from that he did, the Godzilla vs. Biollante one. Did you not, Jessica? Yes, and it's an excellent print. He does great work. That he does. Uh, they also, Mondo also released, uh, they put out some cool looking stuff. Like, the, like here's the first time you're seeing any of this stuff. The, uh, they got a King Ghidorah statue, which looks pretty cool. But they got a Tokyo SOS statue that mm. I actually might drop some hard money on. And by the way, not even that, that it's not that expensive. I think it was only like, they were saying like tended retail was like $350, almost $400. But it the sculpt is beyond amazing. And it's the 2003 Godzilla with the two Mothra larvae. One is like at the base of his foot and the other one is attached to his tail. And I'm like, get out of here. Yes, I'm getting that thing. I don't have a lot of room for stuff like this, and I'm not huge on stat. I do own one Mondo statue, and it is of the the kaiju from uh, Colossal, which yes, beautiful yep. piece, absolutely beautiful piece. Um, but I'm just like I I don't I mean we we live in earthquake country. I am always afraid to have anything fragile, like propped up anywhere. And uh, I'm like, if I'm getting this, I got to find like a Lucite case, bolt it to the wall, bolt it to the found. That bolt has to go down to the foundation because I do not want this thing broke. Yes. On top of that, they uh, also showed off their next figure in their vinyl line. So right now they got Biolante that's slowly making its way out. The next one that comes out is Space Godzilla. And this thing is... The most awesome chubby looking thing I've ever seen. And I'm like, I damn it. I gotta have it. I gotta have it. Yes. They sound Mondo does great work and they have excellent detail and color and paint. And it's 
really lovely. I actually got my man thing and I very much enjoyed <gasps> it. Which one, which version did you get? I got the classic. The, okay. So the one with like, it's not the, it's not the full, it's not the solid green one, right? No, it is not. No, it's the, it's the, it's the first release. That man yeah. thing is, uh, I wish I had the money for it right now. That man thing is, is it's, it's, uh, was it, uh, J James Gorman? He, uh, yeah. yeah. My God, that thing is a work of art. Like, I, I just don't, it's just, it's almost $300. And that's, that's a lot of money to be dropping right now, especially when there's other things out there. But kudos, because that thing, oh, I'm jealous. I'm envious of you, Jessica. Oh, I was able to get it at a time where it was a good time for me. Yeah. It, believe me, a lot of us had, a lot of us had things that we got to, were better times for us right now. So. Feels like the MO of a lot of people I know, <laughs> including myself. So that said, fantastic summer. Um, overall, great, great to be back. Um, I do look forward to going back next year. Uh, definitely going back all four days next year. Better prepared. Uh, you know, life throws wrenches and everything. So I was, you know, I go into these shows like I, they're already paid for. I'm like, eh. you know what? Why not? So, um, but beyond that, Jessica, final thoughts on, on being back? Um, I actually really enjoy it. I actually look forward to next year. And I look forward to also the layout. You know, Funko mm. had a huge kind of Funko town because they also mm. have Loungefly and Mondo. And it mm. was kind of like walking into a little interior set, which I've always appreciated at museums. Yeah. So I really look forward to see what next year actually looks like. I usually am so occupied working and doing and moderating the panels that I don't often get to walk the exhibit uh, exhibit floor. Mm -hmm. I hope next year I can be able to walk a little bit more through it. Other than the time you, I, and Ultraman, uh, yeah. the gray, uh, Torre Cross, we got to walk through, but it was more of a, a quick tour. However, I got to see a lot of it that way, but I would like a much more intricate, like going maybe hit, not just hitting up certain booths, but mm -hmm. doing a little bit more detailed, you know, booth shopping, window shopping yeah. next year. It's, it's the one thing that when we do work these shows, I, I always feel bad because you have so many things uh, in your dossier that you have to do that you, there, there've been, I've gone with you for a few shows now where it's like, it's Saturday. Like, have you walked the floor yet? No, not yet. I'm like, how busy are you? Quite busy. I, what, last time you had, what, 12, like eight, nine panels you were doing? I did have a lot. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Somewhere around there. So hopefully next year you get to actually have some you time and truly enjoy these things. I, it did do, you know, what? the other thing that did do my heart, uh, brought, you know, brought joy to my heart. There was a bigger emphasis on comics this year than there was anything else. Like it felt like we're kind of getting back to basics a little bit. It felt like there was a bigger push, especially in terms of uh, paneling and more comics and a little less on the Hollywood stuff, which I am, I'm not saying no to. Um, I'm like, there's a good balance thing we had, but this is Comic-Con. So let us like celebrate the medium that did bring us all here. Yes. Yes. I mean, I'm okay with the Hollywood items, like I understand, but, you know, for whatever reason, they, you know, due to COVID concerns, they may or may not have came or production. Sometimes the talents are busy, 
uh, yeah. shooting. However, I do like the emphasis on comics as well. I did feel like that this was like a, a like, you know, I said this back like late 2020. I was talking to a few friends because they were like, man, you, no shows. Like, how are you doing? I'm like, you know, honestly, like it's, I feel like it's kind of needed. I feel like we all needed like a pause and a, uh, like we had to clear the cash, if you will, you know, and it, it made, I think it made a lot more people appreciate the fact that these things are now so mainstream and, you know, are almost in abundance in many places, but taking a break from it, you know, stepping back for a moment and like without missing anything, we didn't really, none of us really got to miss anything. But the fact is, we weren't there. Like we went through two whole years without like our normal routine. And I think that was probably for the best. I think it gives the people who are really into this a better appreciation. The people who are just, it's a passing fad, like, all right, I'm like I'm moving on to the next thing. Great for, you know, but when you went back, when I could walk back into those halls, like there, there's a smell. I know people joke about the smell of Comic-Con, but no, there's a legitimate, like, scent that's not foul it's i'm not this is not a joke this is it's it's something very um personal when i walk because it, it's the smell that i that you know memories are connected smells connect heavily to memories and for me um of all things considering like especially this past year that you know i had some personal losses walking back in there like the the the, the mixture of the the ac the the smell of like print and um, you know, a lot of the, like the, the, there's a, there's a scent to it. It's hard to describe, but if you've been there, you know what it is. And I'm not talking about like, again, not midday where everyone's all, you know, sweaty and everything. No, no. When you first walk in that first morning and that's, that's, that scent of Comic-Con, that's there, there's a scent of, I call it the scent of fandom. It's the mixture of all the print, the AC, everything, the, the convention center itself. Like it was like, I'm like, yeah, this is. This is great. This is great to be back. This feels good. This feels right. So, mm -hmm. you know, a, a, a little emotional for me this year for, for personal reasons, but I don't know. I, I, I was happy. It was, it was, it was, this turned out to be far better than I was giving it any credit to, because I'm going to be honest. I was a little burnt out in 2019. It's just, it felt like there was so much of the same thing the last few years. And this year, everyone, now that we're back, everyone had to kind of reevaluate things, and I, you know, I like focus, refocusing on what makes every, on what makes all this stuff fun and great. Yes, yes. So I'm so, so. glad. Mm -hmm. So, and again, awesome time. All thanks to Jessica. I'm just throwing it up there there one more time. I'll never stop singing the praises of this woman to all you guys listening. <laughs> oh. I want to do our podcast justice. You definitely have. You definitely far more than than I could have ever done. So, good again, giant kudos. So let's. Uh, we got two two news bits I want to hit on real quick before we wrap this up and take this home. Mm -hmm. uh, Jessica, there's more yeah. King Kong coming. We do. We do. So this week, uh, according to Deadline. A King Kong. Now, I, I do emphasize the King Kong aspect of it. Not Kong, but King Kong. Uh, TV series, well, web series, however you want to put it, uh, is in the works at Disney Plus. 
from Stephanie Folsom, who just got done with Paper Girls, uh, a show I've heard very good things about. I've yet to watch it myself. It's based on a comic book, is it not? It is also based on the comic book, yes. Is it Brian K. Vaughn? Uh, I w- no. no, no, no. I think I got that mixed up. It's someone big. Um, I don't have in front of me at the moment. And James Wan, who I will watch anything James Wan puts his hand on. Like that man. It is has... Brian. It, it is Brian K. Vaughn. It's also by Cliff Chang. Oh, excellent. Uh, who, yeah, he also did an excellent Wonder so Woman he, as well. Yes. So uh, again, I had people like blowing up my phone. Are you watching Paper Girls? I'm like, yeah. It just it's on my to do list. I haven't even caught up with the last like two seasons of The Boys yet either. So, um, but I heard great things. So this bodes very well for for the, the these two talents involved in what is being toted as a origin story of King Kong on Skull Island, and it feels like well it's definitely going there. So Kong's got some wonky rights issues. There's Kong that we know right now, which I refer to him as Kaiju Kong, which is in the MonsterVerse. That is. <laughs> That one, that that Kong actually has a show coming to Netflix, hopefully in the next year, from uh, Legendary, and I just found out, Powerhouse Animation, who did uh, Castlevania and that magnificent He-Man show, I don't care what any of you say, uh, they're, they're animating that, so even better to me. But this one is looks like it's going to be based on the novel that Marion C. Cooper wrote, before he made the movie um, of King Kong, so that's how they're getting it. That's this is not going to be connected to the MonsterVerse in any way, shape, or form. Um, it's going to be looks like it's going to be a period piece of anything, which I'm all down for. I love I I got a deep love for pulpy period piece things. So if that's the direction they're going in, which I have a it feels like that's where they're going based on the source material that they have involved. That might mean we get. Tons of dinosaurs, tons of other monsters, and King Kong savagely fighting them week after week, which that's all the show could be. It could be just like 20 minutes of Kong fighting a stegosaurus, and I'm like, yeah, that's great. I, I will happily keep paying my my Disney Plus uh, subscription for this. I am actually quite surprised that Disney, of all people, are doing this. This feels like somebody like it, it feels like like something like Peacock or someone else would have done, especially considering that. Kong, the King Kong rights are tied up with Universal, um, but whatever. More Kong, the better, I say. And if you're doing Pulpy Kong, which if they can give me something close to those uh, those Ken Kelly um, illustrations of like Kong like strangling like an allosaurus, like I, that that would bring my child like my childhood come full circle right there. If I can get something like that, so. Um, yeah, any thoughts, Jessica? I'm interested to see where it goes, especially with Stephanie Folsom over at Paper Girls. Mm-hmm. So I kind of want to see. For me, I'm not really a primate person. I'm not into primates. I'm okay. Like lizards. <laughs> I do. I do. Doesn't mean I didn't root for Caesar mm-hmm. in the in the in the Apes series. <laughs> However, I really did love right though not king uh like mm-hmm. kong from the monsterverse yes but i know that's it would be do. something yes different than that so i really loved him i think it's because the facial expressions were done 
much more. I mean, technology was limited for a certain amount of time, you know, and mm -hmm. I've seen the one with Adrian Brody and all that. However, the, I the Peter Jackson one, Peter Jackson one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still, this one is the Kong that I feel most connected to. So oh. I'm actually interested to see how it goes in the future. With this, well, you bring a great, you bring up a great point. Uh, it's something I've lamented for years is the fact that every time someone outside of Toho, anytime that anyone tried to tackle King Kong, they seemed hell bent on just remaking the original movie, which the original movie is a masterpiece. I don't care what anybody says. That movie's a freaking masterpiece. But it just kept feeling like, like, oh, we could do it without stop motion. We could do it with modern stuff. I understand Peter Jackson, like the the seventy seven, the seventy six Kong, the Dino De Laurentiis one. I know a lot of people have special. It's a special place in their heart. Uh, I like it. I, I do enjoy it, but it does suffer from the th same thing that uh, the Jackson one does. It runs a little long. Um, the Peter Jackson one, it's fine. I love the the fight sequence between Kong and the three V Rexes, but it's also a little long. Um, and at the same time, I, I, there's so much to that world that could have been exploited, told in different ways. But the thing, again, it boggles my mind, which just redo the original. It's like, the, let's redo the Beauty and the Beast story. It's like, no, no, no. You could do more. It's part of the reason I love Kong Skull Island to, to, to death. It's uh, arguably next. It's, it's neck and neck with King. I love King of the Monsters. And I love Skull. Those two are are the de facto like best of the of the MonsterVerse series for me. But the reason for Kong is because they're like, yeah, we're not worried about you know the the pretty blonde and Kong falling in love with her. We are more worried about Kong being the king of Skull Island and what a savage place this 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 area is. And I love the the direction they went in. No dinosaurs, just other freakish you know monsters out there, which I'm like I'm all for. So my hope against hope on this is that they saw that Kong Skull Island is going to influence this King Kong, who clearly is not going to be anywhere near as big because he's a, I think it's like 20 foot tall or something like that in, 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 in this version. But they, they take the right lessons. But it's like I'm hoping that everyone in the, in the film industry takes the right lessons from Top Gun 2. And it's like, Let's get back to a little more reality. Let's get back to filming on location and and you know using real props instead of throwing everything on a green screen. I understand there's certain things you can't put in, you, you you just can't do, but let's get a little savagery. Let's go a little pulpy. I I think the more, everyone still reminisces about the Brendan Fraser mummies, and those are the closest things to pulp we have today. Do more of it. That's all I'm saying. Yes. Yes, it would be very interesting to see, especially in a modern day and age with the technologies and the budget, assuming that they would have, mm -hmm. to kind of see how they would do it. Well, it's going to be interesting because this kind of, the fact that it's for Disney Plus and that Disney is spending a lot of money on content for that service, when other services are kind of hitting the proverbial wall of profiteering off these things which leads us into this next story which is a little more uh i'll just put a little more inside baseball in, in the film industry so warner brothers has been has had some uh, has had a rocky three weeks if you've not been paying attention 
the company was sold from 18, AT&T, who bought the company four years ago, decided we don't want it anymore and sold it off to the Discovery Channel. And a lot of people were, you know, were like the Discovery Channel. Why? What, why would you sell it to them? They are an entertainment company. They know entertainment. You know who doesn't know entertainment? AT&T does not know entertainment. They're a telecommunications company. They can throw a satellite into the sky. They can get your uh, your your TikTok videos transferred in no time flat. They don't know how to manage an entertainment company. And unfortunately, um, they goofed big time. They screwed up. They screwed up hard. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Um, which over which early last year we were anticipating uh, if one, our theater is going to come back ever. Are they ever going to, are we going to, you know, so much has changed in a year and a half. We had no idea if things were going to get back to normal ever. There was an air of uncertainty and no one knew if, you know, how long it was going to be until people would go back to the movie theaters. We do know now, like hindsight is 2020. I mean, look, Top Gun Maverick has consistently been in the top five all summer long. People went back in a big, bad way for that. People went back for uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse as well. So it's safe to say the people are back at the movies. Now, let's cut back to December of 2020, and Warner Brothers, uh, in their infinite wisdom, decided to put Wonder Woman 1984 out on the streamer as premium content, uh, mostly because they were trying to bolster. Again, it was like, how long are we going to sit on this? And then, well, let's just release it and we can garner numbers for our streaming service. So they did. And apparently it did, I guess, well enough for them, all things considered. But I think we know now it, it kind of was a detriment to the actual movie itself in terms of the money it could have made. This led to a big decision by the executives at the time. And I say that at the time because there are new executives in charge that they were going to put their entire 2021 slate of films in uh, up day and date on HBO Max. And the first one that had any real significance in terms of like, this is a big deal, was the aforementioned Godzilla vs. Kong. It was supposed to come out in May. They moved it up to the end of March. Uh, to the point uh, where... Once we saw that trailer, I think if you go back and listen to that episode, I already made the decree. I'm traveling to Las Vegas from Los Angeles because theaters are open there, and I will be going to go watch this thing on the big screen. Um, Legendary did not know anything about that. Um, they didn't know that this this deal was coming. They didn't know anything uh, that – because for a little backstory, they had tried to sell Godzilla vs. Kong and possibly Dune to Netflix – to at least recoup their money because they put up the bulk of the money for, for, for these films. And again, it's a matter of these things are sent on the shelves. No one knew when, when anyone was going back and they figured if at least we could break even and make a little pocket change, all the better. Warner brothers came in, blocked the deal because they were going to put it up on their own streaming service, but they didn't tell legendary and legendary got quite angry at the whole situation. To the point they actually sued Warner Brothers uh, over Dune and Godzilla vs. Kong. Now, the lawsuit got settled, and obviously Godzilla vs. Kong came out. It was the first 
big release uh, in almost a year and a half. People went back and saw it by all. I mean, it was definitely considered a success because they're shooting something right now. They're shooting a, they're shooting a, a it's definitely a sequel. They've, it's already, it's Godzilla and Kong are back together. They're doing some, some, some shenanigans. Everyone's back. So it did well enough, but stuck in legendary's craw. Um, to Warner Brothers' detriment, it turns out putting uh, almost a billion dollars worth of gigantic movies on your streaming service wasn't the best decision. And it put the company in a bit of a financial bind, which led to the sale to Discovery, which, you know, long story short, which is why we don't have a Batgirl coming out, which is why things are getting pulled off, and why HBO Max is going away in about eight months, which apparently a lot of people did not know about even though Warners themselves have said it. In the interim, Legendary, their deal with Warners is up, and they're looking to maybe move shops. They did this once already back in 2014 when they went to Universal, and that's where they actually tried to get Kong uh, set up because Universal had the, the movie rights there. Universal was not interested, so they allowed them to take it to Warner Brothers, which in terms pretty much left, you know, it kind of rekindled the relationship over there. Like Kong was a hit. Most of the stuff that legendary put the money out for, for universal, they weren't happy with the, uh, the return on their end. So they went back to Warner's and then Warner's went and did this stuff. So that said, they're looking at possibly packing up and going to either Sony or Paramount. Now, while that's on the table, new Warner brothers, the Discovery Warner Brothers has offered them a deal to stay. And I see why, because they have Dune and they have the MonsterVerse still there. And most likely those will have to remain there if they do pack up a move. But when you're a company that's looking to rebuild and rebrand and you need, um, you need solid projects to uh, bring some money back in because the old owners trash the house that you've just moved into. Uh, it is a necessary thing. So you kind of want to, patch up some of the uh the the rough patches but that remains to be seen if warner brother if legendary packs up and goes to sony well they could bring a lot of stuff they have over there including you know maybe more pacific rim who knows but this is a um it's an interesting time right now because um streamers aren't doing that well jessica they're 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 there's uh there's a questionable future right now with streaming services in general, Netflix is doing, um, they just posted like their first loss ever. Um, Warner brothers had, they, as, uh, I believe the, the gentleman's name is Zavi. He, he pretty much came out and said, look, um, you're putting a hundred million dollar, you know, film on to a streaming service does not make money. They, they said it loud and clear. They're like, I don't, we don't know what, you know, what the mentality with the old goal guard is, but, this is not how you make money with these things. Thus, that's why we're we're condensing everything. We're moving it up. Um, it might work when you have a multi-billion-dollar corporation behind you, like when you had AT&T and you had nothing but money to give, or you could just flush money down the toilet. That's why I think Disney has no problem putting tons of money into Star Wars and Marvel shows. But there is a a reality that that might hit a wall sooner than later. I know Legendary decided against 
going with Warner Brothers on any of their other deals. So they have a Kong show coming to Netflix, which we talked about earlier, which is an anim animated series, not as expensive. But there's also Monarch. And Monarch is, you know, that's their Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And it's over at Apple, of all places. And again, when you have a megacorp, you have Apple running a streaming service, they can just throw money at it and let it ride. So this is going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see what comes out of it. If uh, they decide to move, I mean, they go to Sony, which Sony feels like it, it, they, they will, that'll be the place where they settle. I mean, that could they could potentially be going in on some Spider-Man stuff. They could be potentially going in on uh, some other projects they got laying in the in the, the coffers. It could also mean more Pacific Rim. A good Pacific Rim, not 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 the black, not not, not Pacific Rim the black. That's we already discussed that. We had a whole episode about that one. Yeah, less said the less the better. But <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, you know, I I've been posting about this. There's been a lot of people that just been like, I, it's it's a I don't it's again it's the fact that this is all the stuff I keep up on, and I see people all like constantly like hey like warner brothers is screwing up i'm like no you guys this they're they're not they're they're having to be the adult in the room right now and that's why you're seeing what's being done yes what happened to batgirl is that's wild that's just wild in its own i mean there are movies that have never got there are movies that have never gotten released for one way one reason or another usually has to do with some rights issues but the fact that they just said we're we're pulling the plug this is the, we're done here. I'm like, that was a big like sign of like, the, they, they, they are not in the best way financially, but I have to reiterate to people. It's not because of discovery. It's because of AT&T. AT&T did not know what they were doing. And uh, AT&T goofed, you know, like they, they flushed everything down the toilet. I am positive on the discovery merger because it does for everything they said in that, 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 quarterly meeting that they had they are trying to write the ship and unfortunately that means they might have to pull some of the rotted deck boards out but that also means they're replacing it and making it better making it seaworthy so um they just made a big announcement that they got they're they're hiring a a kevin feige head for their dc stuff which good that's what kind of what needed to be needed to be done from day one it feels like there is now order and structure. And I I would hope the legendary stays. Because the MonsterVerse is, I'm I'm I, I could I could sit with this for another ten years and I wouldn't I would be happy. They they're putting out just the right amount of stuff. It's not it's it's not completely overbearing, but um yeah, it, it's a sign of the times. So yeah, it's yeah. no, it's okay. I just am interested to see for me anything is possible. So I'm just mm -hmm. trying to see where they go for the future, whether they will stay or whether they will go to a different studio. So for me, for me, it's a waiting game. I'm not even going to yeah. try to predict. I mean, they've done this once already, um, and I I know that you know they're look the, they have said that yes, Warner has an offer on the table, so it's just a matter of. Um, Sony or Paramount, you know, throws more. Paramount just paid $900 million to Matt Stone and Trey Parker. So they're throwing some money around. So it would, it would, you know, be to see if, um, 
you know, at the very least, some more MonsterVerse stuff would come over to Paramount Plus. If that that would be the that would be the the earliest bit of it. So, all right, enough inside baseball. Enough on this. It's hot. We gotta we're, we we gotta go cool down. So on that note, Jessica, can you tell the good people where they can find us? Yes, you can actually find us on first of all the KaijuKingdomPodcast.com. We are thank you to Chris who keeps our Facebook page alive and popping. Lots of news and always people commenting and dirt inboxing. You are always welcome to email us at the Kaiju Kingdom Podcast at gmail.com. We're also everywhere podcasts can be found. I know people ask if we are on Spotify, we on Amazon, apps, basically Apple, uh, everywhere, Panzer. So I know mm-hmm. that Chris knows everywhere where we're going to be at, especially yeah. if there's a backlog. Yes, I'm working on getting the, the full backlog up on our website. It's I got to do it by hand, so it's taking a little time. But, um, because, again, I've had some people ask, like, hey, some of the early episodes aren't in the are in the back feed. I'm like, that's a that's an issue with our with our um, our server host. And I've been community. They're they're even a little baffled. They're like, well, everything's up there. I don't know why the feed's not just it's not giving the whole thing. So they're working on it. But for the most part, um there's there's I'm, we're adding a lot more content to the website this this week so i'm going to be adding a lot of the early episodes uh back up uh to the to, to the main website so if you want to go back and listen to those some of those really early rough ones when uh just kind of we're recording over skype and i am cursing a storm because skype is so glitchy and and bad my god how far we have come in four in four or five years god bless you Streamyard. Um, but yeah, so you can see us all there. Uh, the Kaiju Kingdom.com, Kaiju Kingdom uh, podcast.com. A lot of fun stuff coming there. And uh, yes, the got YouTube stuff. I have it geared up. I just got to hit publish. That's coming as well. So you can also check us out at youtube.com slash the Kaiju Kingdom podcast. So on that note, that will do it for us for this episode for myself and Jessica. Thanks for listening, guys. And we'll see you next time.